Hello, friends, and welcome to a late-night version of the movies. A pretty self-explanatory podcast. My name is Daniel motherfucking Berrios, and today I am talking about Ty West X. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. There ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Because you got that X Factor. Our days of struggling may soon be over. Hollywood, here we go. So this is it. Our own studio backlog. You're looking for a place to stay. Oh, yes, sir. That's one ugly song, bitch. And my wife, Pearl, is next door. So I would appreciate a little discretion. He don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to come inside? What's the box? I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. The story can't just change midway through. If Daddy catches us, there's no telling what he might do. My wife is not well. It happens after dark. Inside. What do you think is on it? I see one goddamn fucked up horror picture. X is a horror movie directed and written, I believe, by Ty West about a crew of filmmakers who travel kind of this rural house in West Texas to shoot a porno. And when they're there, the people that they're kind of renting their studio, quote-unquote studio space from, uh, who aren't really... They, they have not been informed that they're shooting uh, porno over there. So whenever those people who own the place find out, they kind of snap and go on a fucking rampage. Movie set in the 70s. It's given off Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes. It is full-blown, like, big hair, bright-as-fuck eyeshadow, just pure bombast and 70s style laden all over. This thing is so much fun for that on its own. And yet, the thing that I really like about X is that it is all of the exploitation-style stuff, the substance of that. Uh, there is a big, greasy chunk of gore in this thing. 
there are boobs and there's you know that sexiness on appeal uh, if you're a big fan of stuff like Hills Have Eyes or Texas Chainsaw, if you like stuff for the grime and the dirt that almost seems like that it slaps onto the film stock, you're gonna get that kind of vibe here. But this movie is also pensive and slow, and a lot of the conversations that these characters have about the changing times, you know, this idea of uh, people questioning morality uh, sex's role in popular culture. This is a time where uh, these filmmakers are trying to make like a home video thing. So the ability of someone to kind of experience their sort of desires, uh, their sort of carnal desires in the comfort and privacy of their own home. So they're talking about privacy and uh, sort of indulging in one's desires in sort of like a safe, uh, not only legally sanctioned, but in a way it's becoming less taboo to be into sex that isn't just the procreation way. And so what's funny about this movie is that this might be a really dumb uh, way to think about it, but when I was thinking about X, in a way there's a crossroads happening here. There's the crossroads of the old way. The beginning of the movie, uh, they have these... Uh, showing on TV where there'll be this televangelist talking about the new uh, the new stuff of the day. You know, they'll be talking about the war, they'll be talking about the counterculture movement, the protests, the sexuality that be, that's becoming more mainstream and calling that the devil. And there are these characters that are trying to make their way into the future. So it's the crossroads of like the old way of thinking about sex and the old way of approaching uh, romantic relationships and approaching the way that you should live your life and what careers are deemed acceptable and then the way of the future the newer style you know the american dream on one hand and one generation and the american dream of a new generation so there's a crossroads there this uh there's a lot to kind of pick apart on this thing and yet, it never like bashes you over the head with it. This is a super lean movie. It's, uh, let me check on IMDb real quick how long this fucking thing is. It is scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Did I miss it? Hour 45. Like, it's really not that long. It's a little bit shorter than Smile, which I talked about. But with this one, it felt like there's just, a little bit of everything. There's a little bit of this uh, philosophical talk. There's a little bit of just the creepiness that's going on whenever the people who own this house that the filmmakers are renting are like watching them or lurking in the background. There's just the character interactions from the main person, Mia Goth is playing Maxine who she is kind of hooking up with the director played uh, director Wayne played by Martin Henderson and she wants to be the star she's not officially the star of the show that would be for Britney Snow's Bobby Lynn and for Scott Muscutty better known as Kid Cudi of hip-hop fame uh, Kid Cudi's Jackson those two are the stars but she Mia Goth is obsessed 
with like earning her piece of the American dream. She's doing these affirmations that she's like, I'm a fucking sex symbol. I I will not accept the life I don't deserve. I am this, I am that. It feels almost like a Gordon Gecko style, like motivational pumping yourself up. It's almost like a Christian Bell in American Psycho too. Just this uh, constant reaffirmations of how great she is and how she can push herself to be the superstar, to be admired, to be really loved and loved for what she wants to be loved for, which is you know her sexuality, her like power. I think she sees power in her sexuality and really wants to go for it. And so watching her slowly kind of build that, like that character to me, it's not really like an arc here. It feels fully formed. She, they just happen to drop that fully formed character into basically a, a slasher horror movie. And the rest of the cast is just a lot of fun. I mean, Mia Goth is super intense and really fun to watch. But I love Brittany Snow and Kid Cudi. They're having this sort of uh, just cutesy, bumbling banter back and forth. The cinematographer who's obsessed with, like, the French New Wave and the, uh... You know, I feel like he'll mention, like, Fellini in the same breath that he would somebody like Hooper or, uh, at maybe Craven's first films. Uh, this kid, RJ, who's trying to make, like, a porno movie that's, quote, actually good, so he's trying to get artsy-fartsy with it. It reminds me of something that they're doing in, like, The Nice Guys. You know, that shit's, uh really funny he's got a girlfriend played by jenna uh, girlfriend lorraine played by jenna ortega who i mean you want to talk about a year for somebody in horror i mean with scream studio 666 uh fucking x she's gonna be wednesday in the new series out here if you want to talk about somebody that cemented her kind of legacy in horror movies as of now jenna ortega that's one hell of a year and their relationship she's kind of like the shy one she's uh got a lot of questions about the nature of sexuality and you know how could you have as porn stars how can you have sex with all these people and not like feel the commitment not feel love and so these conversations are being talked about and you know it starts out in that sort of stereotypical way where she feels like you see her and you feel like she's the good girl and she's kind of judging them for having these conversations but the actual conversations themselves are treated seriously and they're given a decent amount of weight and i find myself just kind of lingering on everyone's decision here even though it's not spoken about with this philosophical in-depth discussion they're still playing up these characters and they still have their points of view but the fact that the conversations are taken so seriously and they are given so much weight in the runtime of the film just i don't know it's like a message movie that doesn't beat you over the head with it and i kind of like that uh, also the people who own the house howard played by steven your and pearl i uh, forget the actress's name here but she's fantastic in this uh, those two are, for on one hand, as soon as you see Howard, you know, it's funny, I think Kid Cudi at one point is just like, wow, that's an ugly motherfucker. And that's all you need to know. 
you know, the weird old guy is going to be, like, the weird old guy throughout the whole movie. And the movie makes no bones with it. Like, these are going to be your villainous characters. But what's beautiful about it is just as you've got this stereotypical framework to work with, the villains are given such great scenes. And there's a scene here that within maybe, like, two minutes is heartbreaking romantic disgusting and tense as fuck all in a row and it's built off of the characterization that this you know West is not comfortable with having his characters just be stereotypes just be archetypes everybody's got their humanity to them and everybody's got an interesting angle to work off of and it makes me just want more i want more of these characters and the way they think you know it really does feel to me like because uh, the two i think main characters here end up being maxine and pearl and so when you watch those two those fully formed characters just are it genuinely feels like hey what if we took this great character and this great character and just threw them in a house together and see what happens i love that and to be fair, I come into X not when the movie just came out, but I come into it knowing that the prequel, Pearl, has come out. And I also know that there's going to be a third movie in this world with these characters called Max XXXEen. So Pearl is going to be one that's sort of a prequel set more like in the 40s, 50s. It looks sort of like a Technicolor Wizard of Oz. That's what I've seen comparisons to. And then Maxine's going to be like a straightforward, chrome-sheened 80s flick. And knowing that those two movies are going to give a little bit more into those two characters... I think it makes me more okay with the fact that I don't get everything that potentially I might have wanted out of X as a single film. And so for some, X might be like, okay, why is this getting so much praise? Because you don't really get that much of backstory behind any one of these. You just kind of get these little threads. And for some people, those little threads may not be enough on first viewing. Does that make X good on its own i still think it does just because the threads that they are pulling at are so interesting and the scenes work so well within themselves that you can really get sucked into it and it was kind of a slow burn you know my wife wasn't really into the slow burn and i'm i'm into it i, I like everything about this thing i like the filmmaking of it i like the comedy uh, there's a cut in here that is just devastating like it's emotionally devastating cut the the most recent example i can think of is uh you remember in stars born the newest one whenever lady gaga is singing that one song on stage and then it like hard cuts to bradley cooper teaching her the song on the piano for the first time there's a cut like that in this it's sad it's also a little bit funny it, it i probably shouldn't be laughing because I feel for this character, but when that cut happens, my heart broke a little bit, and I was like, ah, oh, bud, I'm so sorry, bro. And if you watch this movie, you'll know exactly the cut that I'm talking about. 
uh, I worry a little bit that I'm going to be talking about these characters and the big like thematic things of the thing and not really get into the horror of it uh, I love the choices that West is doing here a lot of great tension a lot of showing you stuff that the characters don't under don't know yet so you're always like waiting for the thing to drop the other shoe to drop uh, fantastic surprises the gore effects are solid there are really cool homages to stuff like Chainsaw and Halloween I think in some of the framing that's going on and uh, when this thing gets gnarly, it fucking goes for it. It is a gnarly, ugly, grimy, just dirty little picture. And I think one of the great things about the fact that it is a slow burn and it balances all these different characters and these surreal desires of some of these characters well is that the movie never really let me sink into the world. You know, I never really got a good grasp of where I was. I always felt a little bit disoriented. Some of the cinematography feels a bit dreamy. And that's part of what I enjoyed about Texas Chainsaw as well. The first one is just, it's a movie where the fear, like that movie, the ultimate fear is that we as humans are, we lose our humanity and we become a thing of meat, right? And so the movie disorients you so you as the human can't control your body. You feel like you're, you ever been running in a dream and you feel like your feet are sinking and you can't really move as properly as you can? I think that feeds into the fear. That disorientation helps. And so when a movie is working on that level and you're also disoriented, even though it's not to the same purpose to kind of show out, you know, the uh, fear of objectification and fear of like losing our humanity or our soul that Texas Chainsaw does. I think Axe is working in a similar way where it's just wanting to throw you off the entire time. And it really works. I can't explain it to you really. It's sort of like you have to feel it. And I don't know. It's kind of hard to talk about this thing without spoiling it, and I don't want to just in case you haven't seen this thing. So if you haven't seen X, you know, go for the titillating part of it. Go for the sex. Go for the crazy horror stuff. Go for the gore. Go for the grime and the 70s influence. But don't necessarily think you're gonna get like a straight up grindhouse Quentin Tarantino flick. Go expecting to like fall for some of these characters and really get into what they're talking about and what uh, place culturally this is taking place in. And you know, go for Maxine, go for Pearl. Like look at their characters, really dig into like who these people are and why they want the things that they want and what about them makes them choose certain things over the other one. Like, I, I think there's a really great fascination about uh, the fear of missing out on your best days or the fear of not ever being able to achieve what you feel in your bones that you need to do with your life. There's a lot of, like, midlife crisis and, like, you know, you feel... I don't know, it's that weird, like... Again, I keep getting stuck on this idea of X, the title, 
and you know X can be like the braided X movie X can just be like a grindhouse thing but the idea of X as a crossroads and all the characters well not all the characters the main characters Maxine and Pearl being at this crossroads in their lives and you get to watch that play out over some really fucked up juicy horror stuff I really like it and I'm just really hope that y'all will go ahead and give it a shot if you haven't already i watched our red box i don't know if it's streaming anywhere but i really dug the hell out of this thing man and i'm gonna definitely check out pearl and maxine whenever those whenever maxine comes out it's really gonna be interesting to look at this as like a complete trilogy and maybe i don't know if i'm gonna treat it as like one big story or if I'm gonna treat it more like three stories I guess that's just the fun with trilogies in general you know especially ones that take like a deviant little turn like this like this isn't quite Lord of the Rings continuity and like the one overarching story but it's also not like the Cornetto trilogy you know where it's kind of like loosely based just with like basically the same people three different stories that kind of thing but anyway i think i've rambled on this for too long thank you so much for listening if you haven't seen x please go see it uh thank you again for listening to me if you want to follow me on twitter you can do so at the movies underscore pod and uh i'm gonna keep on going with spooky season baby if i can catch hellraiser tomorrow i'm gonna try to review that one and have that episode up on thursday But yeah, until next time, thank you one last time. And my friends, you all take care.